0: Two, one. Here we go. Stair Hurley is a third-generation family business operating from Jenkins Town, County Kilkenny. Stair Hurley produce handmade hurls made to the wishes of each individual. They can be contacted by phone on 083 434 775 or on social media via Facebook or Instagram. Hello and you're welcome to the Backdoor GA podcast. Uh, delighted to be joined by Down Senior Hurling Manager uh, Ronan Sheehan. Um, firstly, Ronan, um, in 2020, a great year for Down Hurling. How do you reflect on it all now looking back?
1: Yeah, look, it's, um, I suppose the, the the end was slightly disappointing in terms of losing the final in some ways, you know, in terms of everything else had gone perfectly up until then. But overall, fantastic year, I suppose. We had kind of had the disruption of kind of waiting for a league final. We were actually due to play the league final almost uh, 48 hours before it was called off. Um, that getting called off, you know, left a kind of big hole for us. And um, heading into kind of then, you know, probably the lockdown and then the kind of period of the, with the clubs, etc. We were extremely lucky, Paul, to be honest, that we came back with it from the clubs on the back of a fantastic club championship. You know, so we had a club championship in Down, which was round robin. And the teams all got kind of seven, eight games. Um, and, you know, even the kind of fact that the final went to a replay, people were kind of saying to me, you know was that going to impact on our on our preparations for the for the financial for the league final which was only going to be four weeks later and I said no I said because it's better the lads are playing a competitive match than necessarily coming in and kind of you know just having a couple of training sessions etc and you could see that sharpness with the with the lads when they came back so a lot of the credit there goes to the to the clubs for the way that the championship was so competitive and that they had the lads in such good shape and we came back and you know probably played the best Perlin we did almost against Derry in the league final, winning that league final in um, in Armagh, And that actually was probably the biggest um, success for us because we've been looking to get out of that division for a number of years. If we got beaten this year, it would have been our fourth final to get beaten in, in, um, in six years in Division 2B. And we've been in there for about seven or eight years. And believe it or not, we've kind of not won um, a national league title in almost twenty years. So when we were up in the, we beat West me back in about two thousand and four, maybe and um, two thousand three, two thousand and four. go up into Division One, which was fantastic. You know, stayed there for a few years, and then we've been steadily coming back down again. Um, lost our kind of Division Two A status in, uh, in I think it's about two thousand and three, and I've been struggling, Paul, to get up ever since then. So you know, this was a, this was a massive um step for us, the the the, the national league, and I know a lot of people will we'll focus in on the, on the Offaly game and, and because of the notoriety of that, but our big, big match was, was Derry and getting up into Division 2A because it gives us kind of, you know, five really good games against the likes of Offaly, against Kerry, against me, you know, Carlo, the types of counties that we would see ourselves being in the same bracket as, if you know what I mean, um, and, you know, given an opportunity to kind of build from there because about 75, 80% of my panel would be under 23, you know, so we're very keen to kind of get up in the division 2A, I suppose, learn our trade, consolidate, and build from there again, you know. um, You know, a lot of our lads would have hurled against, you know, the the Thomas O'Connors, the kind of Shane Conways, et cetera, from, from Kerry, and, uh, on, you know, in the, in the Bay championships down through the years and had, a, a you know, a number of great games of them. So, you know, we've kind of watched Kerry's, I suppose, progress with a bit of envy and kind of said, you know, if we can get up here, we can be, you know, we can do the same. You know, we've always played against Carlo in challenge matches, both at underage and, and at senior level. So, you know, we kind of see ourselves at a par with some of those counties. This is our chance to prove that. So, you know, getting up in the Division 2A was massive. Unfortunately, no crowds probably. Um, and that's a bit of a disappointment because we were looking to kind of build on that with the schools links and things like that because they're important with for counties like Down. But the National League win was fantastic. And it gave us a great kind of boost going into the championship, um, and in the Ring, you know, getting to play, you know, had a had a tough victory against Derry to be fair in the first round in Ballycrown, You know, conditions were tough, and um, Derry are a very good team as well, and um, you know, and I think probably don't get the credit for for the for the quality of the hurlers they have, you know, and um, the likes of Cormac O'Doherty, and um, you know, uh, Brian O'G McGilligan, and um, you know, the Kelly brothers, that are very good hurlers, probably just. people don't know them because they don't see them, if that makes sense. Um, And then, of course, we played Offaly in that game in uh, in Park Esther, which is very special, I suppose, from my own perspective, given, um, you know, Park Esther is my home club in terms of Nuri Shamrocks. And to get the victory that day, you know, Down's first kind of championship victory against Offaly. And I suppose the nature of the victory, of course, was fantastic as well in terms of it going to penalties and winning the penalty shootout. And then getting to play in the in the Christie Ring final. As I said, you know, clearly disappointing to lose that. Um, you know, but you know, you you need to look at it in the fact of if you'd asked any one of the teams who were in the Christie Ring this year, would they have taken getting to the final and getting promoted? Yes they would, because I suppose in many ways people expected off to win the Christie Ring, including the teams, the other teams that were in it. Now none of us were thrown in the white towel. Clearly we weren't given that we ended up beating them. But you know there was that bit of recognition that you know it was going to be kind of um tough to win with Offaly there and that the promotion was the main kind of um was the main uh how would you say statement that you could make and you know clearly we did that and you know to get to play in Crook Park the same weekend as, as as Bloody Sunday and the and the anniversary of Bloody Sunday was very special for a number of the people you know in the panel, mm-hmm. particularly families of my own or the McRickards and stuff who we have very close connections to those revolutionary years, et cetera. So you know that was um, that was massive for the club, um, or first sorry, for the for the for the county, and also just massive for the players on a personal level. You know you don't you don't buy experience finals. You know you have to earn that experience, and I think to get there two years in a row, while it's disappointing, I think will stand to those lads as they move forward. And as I said, they're very young, and you know while I won't be there to see them. Actually, get to the end of their potential in a years time, and um, I think events like this year will definitely stand to that group of players.
0: Being involved in both one of the first penalty shootouts against um, Offley. What's it of all that being on the sideline watching?
1: Yeah, it's it's quite it's it's very difficult, you know. Again, I suppose it comes back as opposed to most of the wee chat before we started the recording. In some ways, you know, these are things that you can't really plan for in some ways. You know, the players, this is where you have to trust players and, and the players become the ones that actually follow through the action as opposed to anything the manager can do. You know, you pick your five kind of players and you just trust them that they're the best five you can pick. And, you know, you sometimes, you know, certainly for me, when we picked our five, I picked five players that I felt, you know, were probably, in some ways, not just our best strikers of the ball, but also able to handle the pressure, and um, you know, so there was a bit of, I suppose, there's a bit of kind of question mark. Why didn't we pick Owen Sands? He'd be, you know, our top scorer, um, and I just felt, you know, that the five guys that I had were all good strikers. Um, CT, who's the fullback was one of those. But, you know, you see that you know, lads will always be messing about and training, if that makes sense, and the hitting penalties and stuff. And you you know from, in many ways, with a penalty, it's about having the confidence to strike it and also striking it hard, you know, and having the striking it through. And, and certainly CT has that, had that ability. And we wanted to try and keep, believe it or not, one or two of our better penalty takers back for what we thought might go to sudden death. Because we had quite a bit of confidence that Stephen would save at least one or two penalties. Um, he's a fantastic penalty saver. You know, he saved two in the in the club championship as well, you know. Um last year against Derry, he uh, he saved one as well, you know, in the in the National League, etc. So he's he's a real record of saving us. So I knew we did, you know, I knew that we'd probably save at least one or two and that we may well go to, to you know uh sudden death. So that's why we held Owen back. Um I didn't expect us to miss our first two, that's for sure. Um and you know, you kind of you kind of, you know, at that stage it's in many ways was in the laps of the God and uh, the gods and I was kind of well after the kind of the this this um after C T had scored and brought it level, um I remember kind of, you know, Stephen stepping or Stephen going into goals to 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 face the last awfully penalty and I actually turned my back and I walked away a wee bit down towards the far end of the pitch. And then uh, I looked up towards the heavens and said a prayer to my, my late father, who I lost a couple of years ago, who was a fierce hurling man, was a county, board, county hurling board chairman here, et cetera. Um, and I didn't even see the uh, either the save or the penalty going into the net, actually, um, until afterwards, because I had my back turned. Um, so, you know, uh, in many ways, as I said, it's down to players at that stage. And I suppose, Paul, I say a lot of times too, to my own lads when, we're, when I'm coaching them, we're coming up to big games, that you can put all of the kind of plans in place. You can put all of the kind of tactics in place and structures in place and tactical plays. But in many ways, once players walk past and walk onto that white line or past that white line, all an awful lot of the responsibility, an awful lot of the ability to, I suppose, influence the game sits with them. Yeah, you can make substitutions, and you can make kind of you know moves around the field, but actually, that's where it becomes so important with a group of players that you create leaders, that you create people that think for themselves, that can innovate, and um, because ultimately in a game they'll have that that will be forced on them at some stage, you know, and they'll have to kind of work their way out of trouble. Yeah, you can help and you can influence, but you know if you're at a match. Now, it's easier for us because we don't have the same crowd, so sometimes getting the shouts across the field, people can hear you. But, you know, ultimately, if you think about Croke Park or Thurless or Nolan Park or anywhere like that on a packed day and you're trying to get a message across, it's virtually impossible, you know. Like, OK, you can send across the Mayor Ferna at the moment. They're talking about getting rid of that, you know. But even with that, you know, if you think about a player and he's hyped up, you know, he's in the middle of a, of a championship battle and, you know, somebody comes in and says, you know, do this or do that, you know, you know realistically, your chance of them taking all of that in, in that 20-second kind of whispered conversation is quite limited, you know. And again, that all comes down to if the team knows what they need to do, if they know how to react in certain circumstances, they'll work it out themselves. You know, if you see all of the great players, you know, you'll see the Joe or the or the TJs, or the the Pat Horgan's or whoever, and you'll see them talking to their teammates all the time. You'll see them almost directing what happens on the field of play. And um, and I think you know from my own perspective, that's what I try to kind of build in my own guys. Um, it'll take time. They've made a lot of progress in that regard. But I think you know the um, you know even in the in the game against Offaly, the last fifteen minutes when it was an extra time, the players were outstanding there in terms of how they managed the game how they kind of kept their discipline, how they didn't give away, you know, silly kind of frees and all. We were even disappointed actually with the last three because we felt we had done everything right and stood them up, et cetera. You know, it's one of those classic examples, to be honest, where, you know, um, it certainly wouldn't have been a free in the McCarthy Cup, put it that way, you know, you know, um, but look, it is what it is and it turned out well for us in the end, you know, so we were lucky. And I mean, look, I don't, as I always say to people, to be the first to do anything, it's fantastic because everybody else is following in your footsteps, you know. So you know, there's a wee bit of history there for the team being the first team to to win a, a championship penalty shootout at intercounty senior level, and you know, I suppose Stephen will will always have his names in the record books as a result of that. So you know, very fitting for a great servant of of Down, and indeed a, a family of great servants of of Down, given his um, given his father was a was a great keeper for many years as well.
0: And you mentioned there that. Within the down squad, it's I suppose very player oriented that you leave it to the players. When you came in at the start, was that one of your main focuses?
1: Yeah, me. <coughs> yeah, so I suppose it was. Like I'd be very lucky to be to be fair and that I know an awful lot of these guys from underage. So, you know, I would have had Connor Woods and all at, at underage. Um you know, uh, Connor, maybe 13, 14 years ago. And to be fair, you know, they were probably the first group of court players, uh, or sorry, down players that, that, that um, ended up getting some coaching, a level of coaching from Donald Logan Sully, who kind of come up and did a bit of work for them, et cetera. And, you know, and they were not like this year, but the year before last year was obviously up as a as a coach with us. And, um, and, you know, then the likes of Dahi Sands and that group of lads that are 22, 23, the Mark Fishers, the Rory Campbells, et cetera, Pierce Oakwood Records, I've had a lot of those boys, believe it or not, since under fourteen in development squads, almost the, the whole way through up into kind of sixteens minors, etc. And I've always tried to kind of gradually build that belief in themselves that players are who win games. You know, and maybe a bit of that comes from the fact of being involved or being so passionate about what the GPA do as well. To be fair, and the belief that you know players are 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 really what the games are about. And um, but I do think that you know if you look at any successful team. You know, it is it is the players that ultimately drive things and 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 demand standards, and demand standards not only of each other and themselves, but also of the manager as well. You know, and um, and you know, you know, people can talk about the unfortunate situation in Cork that time with the strikes, etc. And it was unfortunate, particularly the one with with Jerry McCarthy. But you know, a, a lot of the root of what was happening with her was players being leaders and demanding more and expecting more, and um, And, you know, I think when I came in, there was almost this piece around, you know, players do as they're told um, and the manager dictates and the manager decides. And in some ways, that's right. You know, the manager, the book must stop with the manager. And, you know, if there is a difficult decision to be made, you know, I need to make that and that is my job. But I tried to kind of build a culture whereby the players are willing to challenge you know, and they'll challenge me—not challenge me in a cheeky way or or an undermining way—but they'll come and they, you know, they have a group of a small group of players that are that they kind of meet together, and then they come to me and they'll say, "Look, we think this, this, and this isn't going well at training, or we think that we should be doing this, or or whatever." And um, and you know that makes them bought into what they're trying to do. It makes them kind of, you know, personally invested in what they're trying to do, and I think ultimately. You know, I don't know what Limerick do. Um I you know, I, I don't know what Dublin footballers do. But when you look at those individuals, when you listen to those individuals talk, you know, it's pretty it's pretty kind of easy to determine that the players drive an awful lot of what happens there and that they demand the standards. Yep, don't get me wrong, John Kelly, fantastic manager. Paul Kennerick, a genius from a coaching perspective. You know, I know Desi quite well actually through the GPA, Desi Far. But if you think about even the Dublin footballers and leave aside all the stuff about the funding, et cetera, and all, and you focus on the fact of, you know, how seamless it went from kind of Jim Gavin into kind of Desi and you know how well that 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 transition went, you know, that wouldn't have happened unless the players were real leaders and unless the players were driving a lot of what was good about both those setups, if that makes sense.
0: And for the progression of down Harlan overall, mm-hmm. like we've seen, you mentioned there, Jimmy O'Sullivan coming up, Dornell Cusack mm-hmm. coming up, Mick Dempsey has been around as well yep. coaching. Do you feel getting names like that into down doing sessions is vital in the long run for down?
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think I think it's, it's how you do it, you know, and, and who the individuals are. So, you know, if I take Dermot as an example, and, you know, I suppose I'm biased because he's a personal friend. But if I take Daimert, you know, Daimert has always been about helping out, if that makes sense, and doing it right. You know, it's not a matter of of kind of, you know, coming up, you know, doing a session and not being seen again. And in inverted commas, you know, again, it's about being invested in the process and stuff. I think if you can get people who can add value and who are genuinely interested in what you're trying to do, then that makes a massive, massive difference. You know, and I think, you know, if you look at kind of, you know, Ulster hurling and, and what we need to do in Ulster. We've got some really really good coaches here. Don't get me wrong. You know, Mickey McShane, fantastic coach. You know, Mickey McCullough, Conor McDonnell. You know, um, Ronald McWilliams, who's actually down coaching with the Kildare senior hurlers. You know, it's not that you um, you don't have good coaches. You do, um, but I think that you know a different voice um, adds real value. And I think the other thing that they that they add is that kind of I suppose um being able to give the expectation of what is required to get to the next level if that makes sense you know and kind of a remember you know when Daymer came up the first time when he was kind of involved with the senior team you know and he was just kind of saying to the you know he was trying to position with the guys that you know they have to go at hundred and ten percent and if they miss the ball at Trinan so what or whatever but if you're playing safe all the time at Trinan then when you, when you have to kind of push yourself not to play safe in, a, in, in, in real life matches, it won't work, you know, or it won't be, you know, so it's that, I don't think there's any difference in skills, and what I mean, and I know people are going to say, really? No, but if you actually think about it, and I say this to the guys at training all the time, if we just, if we had a skills competition at training, as an example, I'd fancy myself at 48 and being fat and round to be able to compete with the rest of the boys on the on the field from a skills competition because you're standing still, you're doing all of the skills, still uh, uh, standing or or at a slow pace or or anything like that, right? And um, so you know, could could I get a number of guys who could cut the ball over the bar similar to what I could in Kilkenny Yep, tick the box. Could I get a group of boys to hit the ball over the bar from sixty yards, under no pressure? Um yeah no problem. You know, right. The difference, of course, is could they do that at full pace, under pressure? That's where the difference comes. So the difference is not necessarily, particularly not from the McDonough, the top end of the ring to the McDonough, to the McCarthy Cup. The big, big differences there are the conditioning of the players and the pace at which everything is done. It's not that can somebody strike the ball on their left? Yeah, they can. But can they strike the ball on their left, under pressure, with a player right behind them ready to hook them? That's the difference between the McCarthy Cup player and the McDonough Cup player and the Christie Ring player. And you'll see that as well if you break down statistically how many scores are are taken in the McCarthy Cup from, let's say, 65 plus yards under pressure, compare that to how many are taken in the McDonough Cup, how many are taken in the Ring Cup, and you'll see that difference dropping all the time. So the pace at which the skills are done is is the big difference. And I think that's where Coaches coming in from, you know, the Corks, the Kilkenny's, the Limericks, or whatever, can add real value because they're not necessarily replacing the person who might be there from Down or that, but they're, they're they're supplementing what they're doing or they're providing additional support. I think you always need to have somebody from within the county there because, let's be honest, we're the ones that care most about whether the team succeeds or not, or whether you know Down hurling progresses. But you know, if you can supplement that with somebody who can provide, I suppose, expertise, insight, a different view, and that necessity to continually increase mm-hmm. the pace, increase the pace, increase the pace, I think that adds
0: value. And as well, I suppose, with the other counties in Ulster, there's been huge strides by and Andrew in 2020. Mm. What- the other areas are in decline at the moment when you compare them to football, really. Man.
1: You're always you're always going to be... Look, Look, I think this year has been very successful in many ways for ulster hurling in terms of, you know, you saw what Antrim had done. It's fantastic to see Antrim back up in Division 1 because, you know, well they'd be our big rivals, don't get me wrong, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats, you know, and I think, you know, for Antrim to get up into Division 1 in particular, I think it's fantastic. It's just a pity there's no casement park and that it won't be filled with kids to watch them. But hopefully if they can, you know, stay up for a couple of years, you know, we'll be able to sort, you know, the the the, the venue element of it can be resolved. But I think, you know, the the PR opportunity for Antrim hurling and Ulster hurling from having Antrim in Division One and having the Kilkenny's or the Galway's or whoever it is coming up to, to Belfast or Ballycastle is just fantastic and you know fair play to kind of Darren and all you know Gary O'Kane and Jim Close you know and that I think Antrim's a prime example of what I just talked about you know if you look at kind of Darren coming up there adding real value but of course he's surrounded by fantastic Antrim men like Gary O'Kane and kind of Jim Close and stuff like that so you've got that you've got the kind of both sides of that you've got the wee bit of expert you know expertise from outside, but you know grounded with real Antrim men and real Antrim hurling men. And um, you know, when you look at Antrim, Donegal had a fantastic year as well. You know, and I would be a big, you know, to get promotion is one thing, but to kind of, um, you know, win the Nicky Record beaten kind of Mayo, who had been in Division Two for Two A 2A for a couple of years, was a fantastic result for them. You know, I was delighted in particular for uh, Declan Coulter, who'd be a good friend of mine, a coach Declan previously. Declan's a fantastic hurler would get on any. Hurling team in, in Ireland, you know, and um, he played that match, you know, in, in very difficult circumstances because his his late father, who passed away not long after the game, was um, was very sick at that time. But you know, being being the holders, you know, the 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 focus was to go and play the match and you know finish the game and play your game of hurling, and you know it was fantastic to see them win, them, particularly for Declan and you know down obviously promotion in, in both. But um, I think you know there's there's a lot of very good hurlers across Ulster you know some great hurlers in Derry Derry would be a county that probably you know if there wasn't the dual problems um, uh, Derry you know would 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 be fantastic you know if they were able to have Christy McCaig and Brendan Rogers and those guys playing hurling all the time make a fantastic difference for them you know just look at how they performed against Bally Hill that day you know and and, uh, with Slack Nail and how they pushed them to their you know to the pit of their collar and then you know some fantastic hurlers even in you know in Armagh you know the likes of kind of the Gaffneys, the McGuinnesses, you go into Tyrone, you know, with, with Damien Case, you know, if there was a transfer market, I'd be on the date, you know, looking for him straight away, you know, very, very good hurler, um, you know, and, you know, Mickey McShane now going in there to Tyrone, you know, hopefully will will give them another impetus there as well. But I think Ulster, look, Ulster is a football-dominated province, whether, you know, whether people like it or not, or whether they want to, you know, um, rail against that. That is the reality. And it's very difficult when you're the second game, particularly when it comes to the young lad who's good at both. You know, if you have a young lad who's good at both hurling and football, the reality is nine times out of 10, unless they're from a hurling family, and as we would call them here, they'll go to the football and they'll be lost to the hurling. Um, and, you know, when you're already working off of a small pool, that kind of loss... Um, is is massive you know because you're already working maybe off of you know eight nine ten clubs you know if you look at kind of the, the 80 20 rule and you say well actually your top 20 hurlers out of 10 clubs is probably gonna be you know no more than you know 30 players or whatever if five or six of those are lost to football you know it, it, it makes it quite difficult and of course the other flip side of that is that because you don't have as many players to pick from players can come and go a wee bit if you don't put the right culture in place, you know, because it's not hard to make, uh, uh, you know, or it's not as hard to make, let's say, a down panel as it is a Kilkenny panel or a Cork panel. You know, if you think about Kilkenny there or you think about Cork or you think about Tipperary, uh, you know, of the 35, 40 lads on the panel, there's probably another 40 lads. And it might be another 40 lads who get on the team, but there's definitely another 40 lads who would be kind of kicking around let's say number 20 to number 35 on a panel you know you know you could you've got that kind of real competition while for us in Ulster our biggest job is probably making sure that the best 30 hurlers are available because the the gap in standard between number 32 and number 62 in our best hurlers is so much greater than the gap between the best hurdler in kind of Kilkenny, who's at number 32 to 62 compared to who's already on the panel so Getting all your best players out is massive. Um, and that's a challenge when there's football um, and when football is, you know, the predominant game. And, you know, that isn't going to change tomorrow night. It isn't going to change next week. Um, I think where you do get an opportunity to bring some equilibrium is that I think the season provides some opportunity for that. Um, and I think the other bit where it is, is that an underage where you copy what the likes of Dublin do, where you go one week it's hurling, next week it's football, you know, um, at at whatever age group it is, and you know each week kids get to play hurling or football, and for those that don't play, you know both, well unfortunately they sit out a week, you know, and that's that mightn't be ideal or whatever, but that's the only, that kind of that's the only way to make real progress is almost to engage in that, let's call it positive discrimination. Towards the dual player to try and build up the numbers and try and build up the kind of the notoriety of one game relative to its more dominant peer.
0: During all these lockdowns, Team Ulster has been talked about talked about yeah. a lot. And having Damien, Gacy on the podcast a few weeks ago, he mm. was saying he'd like it, but he says. For the weaker counties, them players still need to remain playing with them counties yeah. as well as Team Ulster. Are you along similar lines?
1: Yeah, it's a difficult one. I'd be an advocate of,
0: of, of Team Ulster,
1: you know, and I've talked to Damian Lawler about this. I've talked to others, you know, um, and, you know, that is always the difficulty is how do you actually work through the logistics of it? You know, where is the team based? Where is all that? And, you know, the last time I was talking about it, I kind of made the point, I think, where I would focus it initially is not at senior level, but at underage level, right? Because if you think about it, you know, down are playing B championship in almost everything in terms of underage, you know, so our minors are at B and, you know, under 16s, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, so are Derry, so are kind of, you know, Tyrone or whatever the case may be. Um, And I think... Ultimately, if we want to really compete and we want to build a sustainable model whereby the Ulster counties are able to compete either in the McCarthy Cup, which is going to be tough for Antrim, don't get me wrong. You know, it's great to see them there. But, you know, being playing in the McCarthy Cup and competing in the McCarthy Cup are two different things, if that makes sense, you know, in terms of, you know, the top six or eight teams and the other kind of, you know, three or you know yeah. four, four teams below that. Um, but if you want to compete both at the McCarthy Cup and even at a McDonough Cup level, you've got to get to that level of your young hurlers all the time. Um, and if you look at the results from Ulster Minor teams over the past number of years, even if you go back, even if you look at Antrim's results or down's results in what would be called the tier two of the Leinster Minor Championship, um, you know, they have been less than spectacular. You know, we're not really competing there. Um, so I think there's something to be said for, you know, could we let their each county play individually at Celtic Challenge level, which is the under-17 level or whatever the case may be? But if they're going to have a minor championship or whatever it is, or an under-19 championship, should we have these kind of, an amalgamated Ulster team and see can we work out the logistics and see can we work out, you know, the, the way um, it would work because if we can't do it at underage, we have no hope of doing it at the senior. So you know we shouldn't try to go jump straight to senior and create ourselves a load of problems. When actually, you know why would we? Why are we having? Or why? We, why would we even having a team Ulster debate? Well, the reason why we're having it is to see how do we develop hurling in Ulster. But actually, what's the point in developing a better senior team in inverted commas if you've got nothing coming behind it? At the same level, so to speak. Yeah. So the way I would look at it is, can we build it at underage? Can it work at underage, either at schools level or indeed at kind of county level? And at schools level, we've shown before that similar kind of things can work. You know, we had the had the the Down schools in the McGeean Cup and they won the McGeean Cup, and um, we've had kind of the Dublin colleges in the Leinster Championship and things like that, and and it's been successful there. You know, indeed in Leinster you've now got. Offaly schools, Westmeath schools, you even know, more than just Dublin colleges. So I think the amalgamations can work if it's done at underage. We learn the lessons there, we iron out the problems there, and then we move on to kind of the senior. But I think our biggest challenge in Ulster Hurling at the moment is how do we raise our standards at underage? How do we get to be consistently competitive? Even at that McDonough Cup standard at underage, because, you know, Carlo... Westmeath, um, let's call them. You know, Awfully won't thank for me, thank me for saying that they're tier two. But let's say let's put Awfully in there as well, Um, let's put Leash. You know that uh, you know those kind of let's say teams that are hovering in the McDonough Cup to the to the bottom end of the of, of the McCarthy Cup. If you were to compare their minor teams under twenty one teams over the last ten years to Antrim and Down, bar with one or two notable exceptions, they would be a good step ahead. And that's not sustainable if we endow Antrim and indeed Derry, et cetera, have real ambitions of either kind of getting the McCarthy Cup like Antrim have, or indeed consolidating their, or building on our status in the, in the McDonough Cup.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a bit hard to know. But um, yeah. as well, going into the Joe McDonough now in 2021, yeah. it's obviously not tough. It's obviously tough. I have no training now at the moment. Yeah. And would, a sole focus for you and the team probably would have been to get to, to the conditioning level of the other teams in the Job yeah. group.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it hasn't, it's, look, it's not ideal. We're very lucky in some ways in that, you know, the guys are doing their own programmes. They're on the kind of individual. of it. You know, we have, we have got a couple of fantastic kind of um, BIA and do do... A company there in Belfast do do our S and C. Um, Stuart and the guys very good, you know, and we're making good progress. But it's it's hard when you're not together and you can't see. You know, you're you're relying on scores getting put into an app or you're relying on kind of, you know, videos getting posted or whatever the case may be. Um, I think we're lucky and that I I would say that our base fitness isn't isn't bad. Um, it isn't in, isn't in a bad space. And um, the guys are very committed to improving on it. And um, but you know, ultimately, you won't know how far away you are until you actually play the game. If that makes sense, you know. You know, you can you can look at all the stats in the world. You can do all of your kind of comparing between your mass scores and your body fat ratios and all of that, and you can say, "Oh yeah, we're in a great space." But you know, hurling is a combination of things. Primarily, it's a game of skill and of and of you know, courage in many ways. And um, the other things, you know, facilitate your ability to play the game in terms of the conditioning and the fitness, etc. And, um, and you won't, my biggest concern probably is not, will we be fast enough or strong enough? And um, probably more is our hurling going to be quick enough, you know, and in some ways, you know, that's very difficult to gauge until you actually get thrown into the lion's den and you play a few matches, you know, and, um, and you know, that's why you know last year we took great heart. We played awfully in the Q Cup last year. They beat us by three points there in Abbottstown. It was a great game. Now, no doubt, Michael was was was, was trying a few of his mm-hmm. of his of his other mm-hmm. panel, etc. Mm-hmm. The same day, but we took great confidence from that, even in terms of going into the league. And then, of course, when we played them in the you know in the and the Ring semi final, where we were kind of saying, you know, we're not we're not a million miles away here, you know, we're, we're definitely in the ballpark um, and, you know, we can compete. And when you're in the competing space, then of course, when you're competing, you've always got a chance of winning, you know, and, and that's the way we've approached it. And I think, you know, our victory over um, Offaly this year will probably give us a lot of confidence that, again, we can compete in Division 2A. You know, the the, the big part from us, from a sideline perspective, is can we add the tactical element, can we add the kind of gameplay element that kind of transforms us from just being competitive to being winners, you know, and and to being able to win games, you know? And I think the other thing that will become massive this year in the National League in particular is going to be, I suppose, the draw. And what I mean by that is who gets home venue. You know, if you think about this, you know, if you're saying that, if I said to you, Downer playing Kerry this week, you know, who who are you going to bet on? You know, um, you'd be saying, "Oh, well, probably Kerry or whatever." And then I say, "Well, actually, Kerry are coming to Ballycran. Who are you betting yeah. on now?" You know, um, the same way, you know, down or going to down or going to Killarney and verdict is, you know, they that that's a tough journey in any circumstance. That's an incredibly tough journey when you're potentially asking lads to drive themselves, or you're putting them on three buses, and you're able to, you know, you're having to stop. The bus every hour and a half because you know certainly our experience has been that anything more than an hour, an hour and a half with those masks on becomes very difficult for lads. You know, and you know the the critical piece is if you've got eight lads in a bus and they're all wearing masks and they're all socially distanced and all and doing all of the things right. Within after an hour and a half, two hours, it becomes a wee bit sick You know, you've got to let them off the bus for 15, 20 minutes, let them walk about, you know, so the journey, how you journey you know, do you stay overnight? All of those things become massive. Um, and for us, you know, realistically, our nearest game is me. You know, so do you know, we go to Dungani or go to Trim, I suppose match with Trim? Um, that's, you know, probably two and a half, three hours on the bus for us. Um, maybe maybe a wee bit less. Um, but, you know, you then get to Wicklow. Wicklow's at least four hours on the bus, you know, given you probably be down you know, Akram or whatever the case may be. You know, Carlo, not an awful lot. You know, Carlo's in a similar kind of boat, maybe four hours, because of course, it's almost an hour and a half on a bus before you get the Newry from Porto if you know what I mean. You know, so like it's our biggest disadvantage, and indeed our advantage in some ways for the teams that have to come to us, is that our hurling area or our traditional hurling area is, you know, probably the, the very top end of the county. So I think, you know, venues will play a massive role this year, far more so than it, than it did in any other year, you know, and I think you know it, it it definitely was um, a big factor this year as well. You know, if you look at the McCarthy, if you look at the ring and the record and the and the Mahar in particular and the, and the McDonough, you'll probably find that almost all of the teams that you know, almost all of the matches that were played were won by the team that was playing at home, you know, and, and that that wouldn't be the same in a normal year but I think the travel element makes a make play will play a big part this year
0: and finally for you as manager down this year what's your aims going forward
1: um actually look it's it's you don't enter any competition and say we're gonna do our best you know you know you you, you always have to say you know what do what do we want to do at the start of the year? You know, what what where do we want to go? And, and you want to be ambitious. I think this year, if I'm being absolutely brutally realistic, and I generally am, um, it's about consolidation. You know, it's about staying in Division Two A. I think that's absolutely our number one priority is staying in Division Two A. You know, because I think ultimately that gives you five games each year against quality opposition to build from. So that is massive for us. You know, and that that is our number one priority. I think secondly you go to the McDonald Cup and I think our you know we want to retain our status don't get me wrong of course we want to retain our status but we're actually talking you know as a team there about what do we want to do in the in the McDonough Cup and we were kind of saying look we want to win a minimum of two games and see where that takes us you know so we are targeting the semi-final spot and you know like this year in the Christie ring as it showed you know you get to a semi-final it's a one game shootout it's 70 minutes away anything can happen in championship hurling. So, you know, it's consolidation in 2A. It's kind of, you know, win those couple of matches in the McDonough Cup and see where we go from there. And um, But, you know, look, as I said, you know, we've got a very young team, very young panel. Um, and that's why kind of consolidation becomes so important. You know, and I think if you look at kind of, you know, the there's a group of counties there, Westmeve Carlo, you know, Leeson maybe stepped on a wee bit that from that you know but maybe Curry, you know, um, Antrim, you know ourselves pushing into that Mave etc. Who are all you know, not yet, at the level of the McCarthy Cup or certainly not in let's call it the top six lot top 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 eight, but you know who are kind of at a pretty similar standard or a, or a good standard, looking to push on, looking to develop, and you know one of the big problems, I suppose, with the way the leagues and stuff are structured is that, you know, I could tell you now that the two teams that will compete in the, the, the Division 2B final will be Kildare and Derry, you know, because they're probably head and shoulders above everybody else that's, that's in that league. Um, And I was saying our guys, and this has not been disres- disrespectful to the other counties, but, you know, in that league... You were always preparing yourself for those two big games, whether it was Calder or whether it was Derry or whoever the case may be, and you probably had two or three games in that league where you were able to test guys out or maybe kind of, you know, give lads a run or whatever. Division Two A, there's there's no giving the lads a run. Every game is is hyper competitive, you know, and um, and that only pushes on the quality of 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 the of the players and the and 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 um and their development, you know. So I think. From from our perspective, going back into Division two B would be a massive retrograde step. And it's the one thing we want to absolutely avoid this year. And um, we're confident we will. We're confident we will stay up. We're confident that we can get into the mix. And um that's really what we want to do because I think ultimately for the long term development of Downhurland, it's where we need to be and it's where we need to be playing regularly.